Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... He always sets me a programme to do whenever he's aware I'm away, and I never do it. <laughs> Ever. If he listens to this show, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's as simple as that. Oh, no. I've done it once. That sounds to me like Carla is reversing there. I've gone from never to once, possibly twice. If he's listening, then definitely every damn time. I'm serious about <laughs> yeah. this. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. One, two, one, two... Testing, testing, one, two, mic check. This is the mic check for the show. <laughs> one, two, one, two. Look, Pete, I just... I know what you're doing. I, just, I know what you're doing. I just want to keep you happy. Hello, welcome to the show, by the way. We're here. We are ready. We're fired up. The microphone is working. Look, we... I feel I ought to explain here. This has been keeping me awake over the past few nights now this is this is honestly it's plaguing my thoughts pete you had a serious issue with the audio from the call today with the guest we were chatting to a great guest today we recorded this uh, last week now it was fantastic great guest really good chat um i edited it yesterday uh, we record this on the tuesday I, I edited it on the monday and it turns out that you hadn't turned your microphone on jake and it was using the internal mic on your laptop oh. and i was like i just i just i don't know i'm just gonna swing for you i'm so sorry you were quite irate when you sent me a message you you're not very irate on your audio ma- messages. I, I did sense a little bit of irritation there. Oh. And then you sent me loads of, like, 101 excuses. Not Sorry, not excuses, reasons as to why it happened. They were reasons. Look, it was Sunday morning for a start. We don't normally record with our guests on a Sunday morning. We did record on Sunday morning. We also had to put the clocks back, forward, sideways. I don't know, that completely threw my mind as well. That was, was complex. Just, it was raining outside a lot, and I'm in a cupboard, which we all know about, especially regular listeners to the show. It was a bit of a nightmare. And to add to that, I'm not running. So I wasn't in the greatest place. Obviously, a bit of a calf strain I picked up last Monday, over a week ago now. So that's... They're reasons, man. They're not excuses. Come on. Let's not pick it apart now. Let's not do that. But you did mention, obviously, the calf strain, and that is, like, genuinely a concern. So how... Uh, how is that? Because we've not sp- spoken about it. We've been more concerned about sound and all that kind of stuff. So what's going on? What's going on with the injury? What's the update? Yeah, it's it's. Look, I, I picked up a calf strain as we know about ten days ago now, something like that. So I'm trying to be really smart with it. It's not so easy, but I try to deal with things pretty quickly. And I always advise other people do the same. If you you do, you know, worst happens, you pick up a bit of a niggle or a bit of an injury. And I'm in the I'm in an interesting place right now, Pete. And the reason I say that is when I get up in the morning, I'm not feeling it. So when I'm walking around, I'm not. It's not in my mind. Okay, I'm aware of the fact I'm not running. If I look outside and it's blue skies and I think, oh, I'd like to run. Oh, I can't. Hang on, wait a second. But I'm not feeling it. There's no symptoms there. So even just running up and downstairs, going up and downstairs to the apartment here, I, I'm not being tentative. I'm not being cautious. I'm fine. I'm okay. The reason that's a difficult place to be, and I think because history in my experience, certainly tells me that that's a time when you think, ah, oh, I feel okay, right, I might just get the trainers on and go and test it, give it a bit of a go. And that makes sense. You've got to test it ultimately to know if you're okay to run and all that sort of stuff. But I know from previously, uh, having done it pre- previously with a calf strain, that it could just come back, you know. So I don't want to set myself back further, you know, kind of re-irritate it, as it were. And I would say the same to um, 
a lot of people actually, everyone, in fact, if they're injured or got a bit of a niggle and they want to make a comeback really quickly. In fact, we had a message from uh, a listener to the show, Beta. Beta, if you're listening, I hope you are on the mend. Beta commented on my Strava recently. She saw that I suffered a, an injury with the calf. She's in the same position, but she keeps irritating about testing it, getting back out there again. She sets us, her recovery back a little bit more. And I said to her, I, I sent her a message. I said, look, I really feel for you because I can relate to this injury as well. And I said, but what really works for me is give yourself a block of time, a period of time where you say, I'm not going to run for that period. Irrespective of how great I feel, this is a timeout I'm having. What that does is a couple of things. It prevents you or reduces the risk of you aggravating it again because you think, oh, I'm okay now. You know, I got out of bed, I'm fine, I'll try and run and then you you mess it up again. But also it settles your mind because I'm not waking up thinking, oh, how does it feel today? Oh, shall I, shall I, mm, maybe I could try and run today. I'm just parking it because I've said to myself, minimum three weeks, I'm not going to run and then I'm going to review it from that point. So I'm feeling pretty good. After the show today, I am going to head to the gym. I've got my bag packed. I'm going to start a new routine. I'm getting in the pool. I'm taking my laptop with me. I'm going to do a bit of work and uh, check in on my runners, do some coaching from the gym there in the cafe just to be around people. So I'm feeling pretty positive about it at the moment, but of course, itching to get back pretty soon as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a really important thing, and, and you know, we did talk about our guest, and obviously while she's talking, you can hear her really well, which is good, <laughs> uh, while Jake's talking not so well, uh, but <laughs> the point is, um, she does make a really good point she talks about, and she knows what she's talking about because she's a vet and everything, but no, she's bang on the money when she says that um, we talk about injuries and we talk about the fact that recovery isn't always linear. And I think that's really important to remember. And uh, you'll hear her say that and a bunch of other stuff as well that makes just so much sense really soon. Forget about really soon. Let's do it now, man. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Now, we know training doesn't always go to plan. We can pick up setbacks, niggles. We can have injuries, frustrations. Life throws us curveballs. And today's guest, Carla Borland, is no stranger to challenges this year. She's a super motivated runner. She's also very busy in her life day to day. She's the head of an anesthesia department at a, a veterinary hospital. She's a wife. She's spinning plates. And she's on the show today to talk all about running. Morning. Sunday morning. What's going on, man? We should be out there running. It's bonkers. Now, you are used to being the one that asks all the questions, interviewing people on your awesome blog, interviewing runners. Well, the shoe's on the other foot now, girl. We're going to be asking you all the questions. Are you, are you, are you up for it? Yeah, definitely up for it. Oh, yeah. just chill out, man. We're just going to chat all things running. Of course, the first question is, did you remember to put the clocks back? I'm lucky in that I have several devices that reset it for me. Oh, man. So I think so. I think I'm on the right time. It's it's always the one device that doesn't reset itself, or like the, maybe the clock on the microwave or the clock on the oven, or possibly with me, it's always the clock in the car that catches me out. And I, I know I'll have a panic at some point. I'm all for the microwave. I'm all for the microwave. You've got to trust the microwave. I need one device in the house that doesn't alter automatically. Then I know <laughs> that is golden. I'm going to trust the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my car changed last week sometimes so it was like a week early which was really confusing wow that is that's going to mess yeah. you up you should get a refund on that definitely weird listen this is not a uh, a time travelling show we're not talking about technology and <laughs> clocks here we are going to talk running this morning Carla it's great to have you on the show and you know quite seriously with your blog you're very open on your blog aren't you you chat obviously to other inspiring runners uh, to motivate people and share some of their tips and tricks but also you put yourself out there don't you you're happy to share your training journey and, and the one thing that really stands out for me 
it's, it's very easy to talk about all the positives and when things are going well and we have a great race and we want to tell the world and we want to be, become running boards. But it's not so easy to be open and honest when things aren't going so well. But it's relatable. It's real life. And I know from reading your blogs of late, you've had a pretty challenging year, haven't you? Certainly where training's concerned as well. Can I ask you a bit about that, Carla? What, what's been going on this year? It feels like a series of really unfortunate events. Um, so I tri- I just tripped in like, well, April time, um, just in a cool down from a session. On reflection, you know, I'm probably pretty good at reflecting on what I should have done. I had considered texting my coach um, in the morning to say, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. Maybe I shouldn't do this session. Maybe I should just do an easy run and shift it. But I basically was like, oh, I'll start it and then see how I get on. And I pretty much if I start something, it's unusual for me to not complete the session. So for some unknown reason, I decided I'll cool down on trail rather than cooling down on, you know, the normal path I'd run on. And I tripped and uh, lost my high ski when I tripped, fell in a bush of nettles, cut my knee, cut my elbow. But largely, I'm quite a clumsy person, so this isn't unusual for me to cut my knee. Uh, so I ran home, like, ran, like, I think another, like, two miles cool down. Had to go and find my husband to let him, let you know, get him to let me into the house. And then was fine, like, ran Monday, tu- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I think I did three hours on the Sunday. But by Wednesday, I was like, I had something wrong with my knee. And I went to see the physio and, you know, she was like, you've got a bit of joint effusion, you've probably just banged it. I tried to race a 100-mile race. I got to 40 miles and was like, oh, I can't move my leg. Pulled out. And then at that point, I booked an MRI. And I'm really lucky with work that I've got private health insurance. So actually, that's quite an easy process. So I had an MRI within, like, you know, a couple of weeks. And they basically told me I'd fractured my femur underneath the condyle. Um, just underneath the cartilage and I had like extensive bone bruising. So the doctor was like, I have no idea how you're, you've even run a mile on this, never mind 40 miles. Um, and actually by the time I was like getting an MRI, I was starting to sort of get better. And because it wasn't a stress fracture and overuse injury, actually it was okay in terms of injury you know I knew the bone had to recover but I was pretty lucky in that you know there wasn't a a huge amount um of stuff I had to change you know or physio I had to do other than you know bones heal if you let them if you don't keep running um so that happened and then recovered from that and then felt like I had some catching up to do so did some more training I had 100k in August and um I did a really long run, so 35 miles on the Isle of Wight in about 34 degrees heat. It was like that, you know, heat, mini heat wave we had in the summer. I even like really don't like being left out <laughs> of any activities. So in the afternoon, after running 35 miles, I was like, I'm happy to go to an inflatable water park with my niece and nephew, sister-in-law and husband. And um, someone fell on me. So they were two metres above me. They fell on me. And then, and it was about, a, it was a fifth, probably a 50-year-old guy who's maybe slightly overweight. And um, he hit me on the head and then I fell another two metres into the water. And I knew it was bad because I saw my, my husband was in the water at the bottom and his face when I came up was like, are you 
you okay? Like, are you still alive? Have you broken your neck? And I felt okay straight after. And actually I had like a couple of glasses of champagne that night. It was my sister-in-law's birthday. And then got up the next morning. And when I got up the next morning, the whole room was rotating. And I had a real shocking headache. I basically, that vertigo then continued, I would say, for the next three to four weeks. So I had like this constant sensation of like being on a boat. And I wasn't nauseous. But obviously, it's just really disoriented. So minimise my running, recovered from that, and then had my second vaccine, which, you know, massively pro-vaccine, everyone should have a vaccine. But I don't know if I'd had COVID or I just have a very good immune system, which, you know, I like to think, you know, brilliant immune system. And so what happened is I just had a massive response. So my lymph nodes were like golf balls in my like groin in my armpit and my I had a massive rash and so I just had like basically a huge immune reaction to the vaccine it was still a bit wobbly at that point so I still had vertigo at that point got over that went on holiday with my family and then I had like basically uh I've developed like gastritis or sort of this, the doctors describe it as like a functional dyspepsia which basically means like a motility dysfunction of my gut And they don't really know why. So they think it's just like related to probably like stress or something that basically like alters the motility in your gut. And then what happens is that um, your motility is altered. So then that means that there's more acid in your gut and there's more bile in your gut and that irritates the lining. And then that makes you feel sick. And then because you feel sick, your motility then reduces again. So this year has been in some ways amazing uh, I've run my second sub three marathon I've done some amazing training and then I ran a 100k race in August I ran the Northern Irish record I was second in the Irish champs so I've had some amazing results but it's been on the back of the most interrupted training cycle that I think I've ever had and I ran a 100k with gastritis which was A unwise and B hideous is how I can describe it I pretty much was being sick from like 20 miles in oh yeah so it's been quite a tough year I'm I'm hoping that my gastric dysfunction with some medications is going to start to settle down and then this last week I've had a cold which has felt a bit like oh I tell you what there's just a big old list of things Carla and you know you, you talk about you talk about stress being one of the reasons you could understand why you're stressed and, you know, I'm yeah. listening to all of the things that you're going through, and I'm going, that's one, that's two, that's three. Oh, I can say in a minute, well, bad things come in threes. Oh, no, there's a fourth. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. and now you've got a cold. Pete, you're just, being, yeah. you're just being so sympathetic because you still feel guilty that you fell on Carla at the water park. Just be brutally <laughs> honest. <laughs> be brutally <laughs> I honest. I, I sit here, Carla, as a numb-running guy. I'm the producer of the show, and I hear loads of stuff that I don't relate to on this show, but when you mentioned an overweight 50-year-old, I'm going, hang on, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I feel, oh, he's falling on somebody's head. Yes, I'm completely relating to this. Do, do you know what I find really interesting, Carla, listening to you is, and I think people will will feel the same listening to you talk about all the things that you've been through this year, and then you just throw it out there at the end. Well, I've had some amazing achievements this year, my second sub-three marathon, the 100-miler, you know, this, this, this. Wow, how? How have you managed your mind when it comes to running and the setbacks? I have to be honest, when I like fractured my knee, like, I, you know, I did, there were, there were like a lot of like meltdowns and I don't, 
I don't melt down in the sense that I like throw things, but I just would go on a walk with my husband and my dog and I would have a good cry and say, I can't believe how unfair this is. But actually, now that I'm like, you know, two and a half months since to having like, you know, gastritis, functional dyspepsia, I think you just, because you get to the point where you just accept it. You're like, actually, there's nothing I can do. Um, I'm doing everything I can. So I'm quite a proactive person. As I've said, I'm really lucky to have private health insurance with work. So if I'm unwell, I don't sort of wait to see if it's going to get better by itself. You know, I'm doing lots of active things. I've got an amazing physio. I do S&C twice a week. I talk to lots of different people. I ask for lots of advice. So that helps. Being proactive helps me because it feels like I'm doing something even if I'm the thing's not getting better, but at least I feel like I'm doing something. Um, And then the second thing is, I think, you just think it's outside of my control. I don't always control what I feel, but I can control my response to what I feel. So I still go to work unless I'm absolutely dying. If I can't walk the dog, then I don't go to work. But most of the time I can walk the dog. I go to work. I try to see my friends. I do the things that really help me cope with life. So I read. I'm like a voracious reader. Um, I love Made in Chelsea. Watch a bit of Made in Chelsea. <laughs> I'd like eat good food if I'm able to. And, you know, so I sort of do the things that work for me and just try to get on with it. That's not the right thing to do, obviously, in some circumstances. Like, it's not right to get on with running if you fractured your knee. But I could still do some S&C when I had fractured my knee. Um, and I could rest and use that time to, like, watch back-to-back Made in Chelsea <laughs> with my headphones on because my husband absolutely hates it. Um, and um, I also have, like, a great support system. Um, I've got, you know, a coach that's really great and, like, listens to me and is supportive. I've got an S&C coach who's really invested in making me sort of, like, bomb-proof. And my husband previously worked in sports, so he has an understanding of, like, why I want to do what I want to do. And and I've got great work colleagues. So, you know, like, I'm actually, I'm really, you know, blessed or lucky. And that sounds like a real millennial hashtag, doesn't it? But <laughs> I am actually really privileged to have, like, a great support network that sort of helps me get through stuff. It's really important, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned kind of the tears there and stuff. And I think we all can experience that if we're really honest with ourselves, whether we're open with it or not you know whether it's behind closed doors and on our own or or within our comfortable place with our support network you know you have to I always say when you have disappointment you've got to go through that healing process it sounds to me like you get to the point where you're being quite pragmatic and logical and well look I can't control certain things but I can do other things I can you know binge watch tv I can go out for good food I can spend time with the family I can do some strength and conditioning do you reach reach that point quickly from being disappointed and upset and tearful do you get to that place quite quickly or is it is it kind of like this dark period where you've kind of got to give yourself a bit of self-talking I think in everything in life like progress isn't linear and I think um you know you think you're coping quite well and you've like had a good few weeks and um or you're making progress and then you get you know you get a setback um and you know and sometimes I think overall this year I've you know like because I've always tried to sort of pick my training up again I definitely have felt like at some points like your body just tells you actually you're not taking a break and you know and I've been really lucky to not have an overuse injury or anything like that but it sort of like wangles away to give you a break even if you're not keen to take one you know so I think some of that you just have to accept actually is there a benefit to having this time off 
you know so it does let me focus a little bit more on work um does it make me a little bit more free like I see my friends a bit more during that time so sometimes you've got to look at it and think maybe there's a reason behind this that actually I you know things haven't happened just now so progress isn't linear so sometimes like you cope well for a week and it's bad again and then you like get back on the horse again and and you sort of cope again but overall I think most things get better (laughs) most things get better with time progress is not linear my gosh i mean just so true bang on the money we want i think we want it to be linear because it's kind of it's quite nice to think well i'm going to get one percent faster let's say every day but it doesn't work like that and you you sort of took sort of take a step back to potentially take two forward and it isn't linear as you say and i know it's something you believe really strongly about because that leapt out of one of your recent blogs for me and you talk about progress versus Ticking over, I think, was the phrase you used. And and you used it in relation to strength and conditioning. So getting back involved in some strength work, doing the things you can do, which is really wise, of course, makes you feel better physically, mentally. And you talk about making progress in strength and conditioning. It's classic for so many runners, I think, to, if they've got time, and let's face it, we're all time poor, right? We're busy. We want to spend that time running, really, because that's where we want to see the improvement. That's, you know, we were driven to do races and things. But actually, it's really helpful to spend time doing the other stuff. Have you always embraced this? Or is this like a relatively new thing? You know, how, what's your relationship like with non-running-based training, I guess? I still never choose to do it. So I don't have a gym membership because, honestly, I'm not self-motivated enough to do it. So I don't have a gym membership I don't think I will ever have a gym membership. I go to an S&C coach because I pay him and I have to pay if I don't turn up. So I go because I've spent the money, I have to go there. And I do enjoy it once I'm there. And, you know, he's he's good fun to, you know, work with. And I actually have done it for a long time. I've only worked with my current strength and conditioning coach. He's called Tom Smith for maybe, I don't know, we've been working together maybe like for a year and a half. And actually the reason I do it is because... I'm mid-30s now and A, I think it really helps you protect yourself against like chronic injuries or overuse injuries. But actually, I'm much more now pushing towards the fact that actually I think it has a real performance benefit. Because if you can make your um, stride or your running more efficient, especially over the longer stuff, that has a huge difference on your times. And I think it's changed my running gait Um but not necessarily in like an obvious way. So I'm always a bit sceptical about people who want to change how you run. But actually, I think very slowly it has changed some things. For example, my um, old coach, I used to run in Edinburgh for Edinburgh AC. And my old coach used to say I always looked like I was trying to sit in a bucket when I ran, <laughs> which isn't a, very, isn't a compliment. And my husband said to me, oh, you look less like you're trying to sit in a bucket when you run. As a compliment. Um, if that is one. <laughs> it's a compliment. And so I think that that is all due to Tom Smith working loads on my run. We do loads of running drills and then we do loads of strength work. And I think that makes a huge difference, actually. So that's sort of like why I do it. But I would have to say if Tom Smith is sick or he goes on holiday or I'm on holiday, he always sets me a programme to do whenever we're he's away or I'm away. And I never do it. Ever. <laughs> if he listens to this show, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, yeah. It's as simple as that. Oh, no. The burpees I will be coming be, out. I might have done it once. I might have done it once. Maybe once. 
but almost never. You see, that sounds to me like a Carla is reversing there. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone from never to once, possibly twice. If he's listening, then definitely every damn time. I'm serious about (laughs) this. Now, another Tom you've mentioned a few times during this chat is your husband. Uh, And I think it's worth giving this a little bit of context. You've mentioned that Tom has a background in sport, which is, putting it lightly, he's an (laughs) ex-Olympic swimmer, isn't he? And he achieved gold, I believe. He's not Sorry, a swimmer. Ex Olympic rower. <laughs> I've got. I have swimming yeah. on the brain with Martina, my girlfriend. That's what it is. I'm talking swimming all the time. Do you know? I've got a story, Jake, about when I got. And sorry to talk over you here, Carla. When I got um, a rower and a swimmer mixed up. Don't do um, this. And I'm not going to. Don't do I'm this. I'm not going to tell the story now, but I will do it at some point on the podcast, but not now, <laughs> because we ha- we would have to mark it explicit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, oh, it was gosh. awful. It was uh, dreadful. It was um, in front of the mayor of Derby. I mean, what? Is, what? What? I mean, you can awful. never anyway. ever tell that story, Pete, on a future episode. You, I'll tell it, but not now. Carla, back to you. Back to Tom. Not a swimmer. <laughs> Sorry. Your husband Sorry. is an ex-Olympic <laughs> rower who competed in in Rio, I believe, and London as well. Which yeah. is just, yeah. I mean, fascinating in itself. And I'm sure Tom would make a great guest on this show, actually. But what I'm really interested, if I can ask you about this. And it's funny because I can see him loitering around in the background. He's like your sound guy, isn't he? Before we started recording, he was setting everything up, but putting egg cartons on the wall, making sure the soundproofing was good. I'm interested in the dynamics there from a a kind of husband-wife, you know, with his background in terms of you being so driven. Is Tom, first of all, is he is he still competing in some way in it with his own goals? Does he still train? Does he train more for fitness rather than for performance? Where Where is he at now? So he does no performance training whatsoever. Um, and what he does is he um, feels guilty and he's eating too much chocolate for two weeks and then he blasts the gym for like two hours and then he can't walk for the next week. And then we go on a cycle where that repeats. So for someone who trained three times a day, you know, seven days a week, literally everything was performance oriented for his rowing. He's completely the opposite. He's annoyingly talented at any sport in that he tends to be quite good at sport that he just, you know, does, picks up. Um, But uh, he doesn't do any you know, training. He would dispute that in that maybe this week he might have done one run and he might have done one weight session. But overall, he does minimal exercise now. Wow, he's a real Um, person. I think at some point he'll come back to it. But I think he really struggles at the minute with the fact that what is the point? He has done this. He, you know, trained all this time because he had a clear goal. So whether that was the World Championships every year and then Olympics every four. So now he has a job and like everyone else really struggles with time and I think he really struggles with how to fit it in and he cannot get through I can't get through the concept to him of like running 20 minutes three times a week because he's been so performance oriented before he feels like unless he does a weight session or a session on the bike or a run that leaves him on his knees it's not training so he'll say to me oh I might as well not have bothered because like I didn't sweat buckets and I didn't feel like I was going to have a heart attack. Obviously, I sit here, I'm listening to you as a, as a non-running guy who doesn't work out myself in any way whatsoever. And far be it from me to give advice to Tom, who is obviously, you know, very talented, like you say. But my advice to Tom would be, if he continues to do what he does 
and not work out. From what I'm hearing from you, what he wants to do when he works out, when he does anything, he wants to feel like it's been a really hard session. So what I'd say is another two or three years down the line, he might be as unfit as me. And let me tell you, whenever I do anything, it leaves me absolutely knackered. So if Tom just continues to do what he does, <laughs> at some point it's all going to come good. It's going to be fine. It's going to pay dividends, I'm sure. <laughs> He'll weigh 15 stone and then a 20-minute run will kick his ass all over the place. <laughs> and then so he'll be falling on people in the water park. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a conversation in itself, isn't it, Carla? Like with Tom's background and, and, you know, recently retired, being at the top of his game on the Olympic level, you know, competing with the world's best, where do you go from there? That's I find that fascinating. It would be fantastic to have a chat with him on the show at some point, actually. Does Tom know how to be with you when you're going through training frustrations and setbacks? Does he know how you want him to be with you? Does he give you space? What does it is it, is it a cuddle that you need? Overall, he's no he has no suggestions of my training generally. The only thing he consistently says is you need to rest more. You need to recover more. So he is constantly on my back about doing less, taking more time off, um, more recovery. Um, so that would be, that's his, um, I would say that's generally where he comes from. He has no, um, you know, he's happy to support me and is engaged. You know, if he needs to crew for a race or something like that, he'll be, wants to know where he needs to be and et cetera, et cetera. But normally if I tried to tell him about the session, he'd like zone out. Mm and not listen so he is interested in that he wants me to do well and he's happy if I'm happy about performance but he doesn't take you know has no role in my coaching whatsoever the one thing I will say though is I had a horrendous marathon in what was it in 2018 I did London and I ran a decent time but I had bad race like I just you know felt right from the off I was like it's not my day today and um he had a bag with some gels some contact lenses you know like the normal like emergency stuff for a race and I felt really rubbish and I thought if I just get to him I'll stop and have a chat and I would you know normally never stop during a marathon or a run but I really was having a bad day and um I ran over to him and he saw me and he thought something really bad had happened because obviously I was like looked like I was slowing down and he was so shocked he was like what are you doing keep going and I was so shocked that he was so sharp with me that I just ran off <laughs> um <laughs> so uh normally he's never sharp it was the right direction was so wasn't it you did run in the yeah, right, it was direction. right direction and I finished the race and then he said to me afterwards, I felt so bad because it was so out of character for you. You obviously were feeling terrible just, you know, on that day, not your day, that you probably needed like a bit more of like someone being nice. But actually it worked really well because I was so shocked that he would be mean. Carla, it's been amazing chatting to you on, on the podcast. I feel like there's so much more we could get into. No doubt we will get you back on the show at some point. I hope it's when you are feeling back to 100%. Where are you at the moment training-wise? Are you able to do, you're obviously doing some strength and conditioning. Are you doing bits of running? Are you, are you able to do anything? I'm running, I am running like six days a week, but you know, I'm not my mileage is way down so probably like when I'm in no, I'm in normal training in inverted commas I am hoping to do the cross country season in that the cross country is four or five miles um and I just need to sort of get my head around the fact that I'm not that fit compared to what I would be normally and so I'm probably not going to place very well and actually it doesn't matter I wish you well 
for the rest of this year and for next year. Look, you've got that positive attitude and it's nice to have those goals as well, isn't it? Kind of looking to the future, you know, maybe some marathons next year. But it's about managing those expectations. I think it's probably making people's eyes water when they were listening to this and you're saying, yeah, I'm not really doing too much at the moment, just running six days a week. But it is important to point out that it's all relative, isn't it? Like you say, when you're doing the yeah. super long stuff, the 100 miles, you need to be pumping in that kind of, you know, 60 to 90 miles a week, which is just awesome. So I wish you well. Carla, it's been great chatting to you. If people want to keep up to date with your blog and the runners that you interview, they can check out your blog at whatcarladid.com. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Excellent. 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 Now, look. We do have one killer question for you before you go. I could see you're about to dash off, get breakfast, a coffee, walk the dog. No, hang fire, girl. We've got one question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here goes. This is very serious stuff now. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. We ask all of our guests this question. Carla, what does the word motivation mean to you? I think this is like a really difficult question. Excellent. Um, (laughs) The clock is ticking. um, I actually think it's not... Motivation for me is not essential for running, is what I would say. It's the habits that keep you going. So motivation for me might be like someone feeling super motivated, like Mr. Motivator, but actually I don't really associate that with running at all. I try to think of my running as something that doesn't need motivation. It just needs habits for me to be deliberate about going out running. So... I don't know, that's a bit of a convoluted answer, but that's what I think. Carla, I love it. I love convoluted answers and habit. Habit forming, so, so important. I think it's a great response. Great to chat to you. Have a great Sunday. Catch up soon. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. I cannot believe you attempted to share your rowing and swimming story. I cannot believe... Yeah, I said to you after we recorded that call with Carla, yes, my audio was shocking. My microphone was pants. Carla sounded beautiful. You sounded amazing. I said to you, <laughs> you, you are going to take that out, aren't you? you you're, in, you're in charge of the editing process. You didn't take it out. I cannot believe you left that in. It's because, Jake, it's a great story, and I will tell it at some it's point n- on the pod. I've got to tell it at some point. It's not a great story. You won't tell it at some point. This is We're not that kind of show, OK? We're about helping people with tips and tricks and motivating them where running is concerned. And on that very point, it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Alistair, who is on the comeback uh, from an ankle sprain. He's done it a few times now, something I could certainly relate to. And he wants to know how he can build his confidence to get back running off-road. It's something he really loves. I can completely relate to this, Alistair. Uh, and confidence does play a key part in getting back onto the um, the soft terrain after an ankle sprain. I think balance and stability will really help you. So that's the one thing that I think is important to work on. Obviously, the sheer nature of being off-road, you've got those undulations underfoot. It's not as pancake flat as perhaps running on the on the road is. So you have got to build that physical ability. And once you've built that physical ability, your confidence will grow from that. So I think it's got to start with that. And I would get simply a wobble cushion. I have one uh, in the studio here where you just you know, stand on that on a single leg of an evening time it 30 seconds building up to one minute once you perhaps to two minutes you can test yourself by uh, closing your eyes as well which can be very very challenging even before you get to that stage just balancing on one leg without the cushion and then introducing the cushion so you've kind of got that progression to your rehab i think that can really help it's not the most exciting thing so what i would stress is that you really commit to this put a reminder in in the diary so your your mobile alerts you every evening and 
I really would commit to that because that is something that you do lose when you do uh, suffer ankle sprains. It reduces that ability uh, to be balanced uh, and stable. So you want to get that back and I'm sure you will be back on the off-road. And just make sure when you do go off-road and your confidence is building, you don't go on sort of crazy, crazy off-road, you know, really rugged terrain. Just build that sort of ability slowly. Cool. Hope that helps. Get balancing. If you've got a question, that is hashtag AskJake or you can drop me an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. Pete, are you are you actually listening to, to me? Are you are you with me? Are you with me? You look very distracted on the phone. What what are you doing? I'm with you. I I am with you. But the <laughs> the problem is, I've just had to swap my microphone over because I blew my mixing desk up. <laughs> you blew your mixing desk up. What the hell? Yeah, a bit of blue smoke came out of the top, and I'm not even joking. I'm like genuinely. We do actually know what we're doing here on the show. We we are very real. We're very open and honest with <laughs> clearly everything, even what goes on behind the scenes. Hey, at least my bloody microphone was turned on. By the way, we've moved on from that after you you took you took the shining lights off my mi- microphone issues with your rowing swimming story, which we're not going to go there with that one. So you can just park that and forget it. You've now um... blown your mixing desk up. If this is the first time you have ever listened to Running Reject the podcast we do hope to see you back (laughs) yes it has been known we've been interrupted by audio issues in the past whether that's me on a beach recording in greece with geckos in the background whether that's people (laughs) streaming their garden next door we have had issues but look we're going to be back we're going to be professional we've got to keep things real (laughs) life throws you curveballs man not just in running but in podcast producing as well man come on Come on, shall I just wrap up? Just finish just the show because I've got a thing to fix here. Just finish it. Actually, I've got to get my ass to the gym. I've got to get my brown ass in the pool because you're on a time limit here. Like with the whole COVID thing, you've got a book. It's a just nightmare. There'll be women in finish. there with blue rinses, swimming sideways. Nightmare. Right, I'm off. Uh, listen, have a great rest of the day, life, whatever you're up to. Do some cooking, get organised, winter. Make some soups for lunch. That's always good. Runners love that. Um, have a great week. We will be back next week sounding beautiful, no doubt, in full Dolby Surround sound. This has been Running Jet the podcast. We're out of here. Oh, and one more thing. Let your faith in yourself be bigger than your fear. <laughs> <laughs>